Think about this. Once upon a time, society was led by the best and the brightest. We were informed. Now we're distracted. When there's something you should really think about, we'll point it out. So much material. So little bandwidth. On December 7th, air marshals dealing with American Flight 924 shot Rigoberto Alpazar to death in a jetway. Mr. Alpazar was returning to the United States from a missionary trip to Peru with his wife. He boarded the plane, got off again, returned with his wife, then went running up the aisle claiming he had a bomb in his backpack. He made it to the jetway, was confronted by air marshals. When he reached into his bag, he was shot and killed. Witnesses report having heard multiple gunshots. According to a story in the Washington Post, Republican Representative John Micah of Florida commented, quote, This shows that the program has worked beyond our expectations. This should send a message to a terrorist or anyone else who's considering disrupting an aircraft with a threat, end quote. While there's no doubt that making air travel safe is desired, we can't let the gun smoke blind us to the larger issue in this situation. I'm not talking about reports that the man was bipolar and that he'd not been taking his meds, or even the fact that an eyewitness said he'd noticed the man acting erratically while waiting to board. Looking at the case more closely is going to point you toward what the problem was. Once Mr. Alpazar had been killed, security officials hauled the luggage out of the plane, had bomb-sniffing dogs go over it, and the bomb squad blew up at least two bags. And when officials inspected Mr. Alpazar's backpack, they found no bomb. Now remember, Mr. Alpazar had come in on an international flight. This means when it arrived in Miami, he deplaned, he picked up his baggage, he went through immigration and customs screening, then put his luggage on a carousel to be loaded on the domestic flight. He and his wife would have proceeded through additional security screening before being allowed to board the continuation of the flight to Orlando. They and their luggage had been through international and domestic screening at that point. You see, while the Republican rhetoric machine is going to tout this shooting as proof that our anti-terrorist security measures are working, the underlying paradox will get missed. If our security measures are working, how is the threat of someone having a bomb on board a plane credible? How could they believe he was armed after he and his possessions had been screened? How is it possible that explosive-sniffing dogs could have found bags on a plane with enough explosive residue on them that officials felt they had to be detonated? The questions raised by this shooting are serious, and they really need to be pursued. They won't be, however, because any answers to them will point out something that any air traveler with half a brain is intimately aware of. Airline security is an illusion. I've mentioned this before. Cigarette lighters are not allowed on planes because they could be used to light the fuses on sneaker bombs, which means the TSA can't detect sneaker bombs. Matches are not prohibited on planes because the TSA can't detect matches, which means they can be used to light the fuses on the sneaker bombs the TSA can't detect. Or, it appears, the fuses on backpack bombs that the TSA can't detect. The agency has just decreed that small scissors and similar items will be allowed in carry-on luggage again. Why? Because, as the agency says, not having to waste time looking for them means TSA agents can spend more time searching other folks more completely. But we know those folks will be chosen at random on a flight. So, while someone's grandmother in a wheelchair is being strip-searched, someone built like the Terminator who clanks when he walks will get a pass. The fact is that security has never addressed the realities of weapons on airplanes. I fly a lot and I see plenty of things that are weapons. 
even when my luggage has been thoroughly searched. These things are left in my possession. What am I talking about? Let me give you some examples. When I travel, my spare change gets dumped into a side pocket in my carry-on bag. When traveling through Las Vegas, I'll play the quarter slots and have had to add a jackpot in quarters to that pile. Loose change is harmless, but tuck a handful into a sock and you can crack a skull with one short swing. I see lots of folks travel with guitars. Ever wonder why guitar strings and piano wire are favored by commandos as garrots? Easy to conceal, especially the strictly nylon stuff, and very effective. Hostages are just waiting to be taken by someone using a guitar string. And I've saved the best for last. If you're listening to this, you've undoubtedly gotten a CD-ROM in the mail recently. Use it, or even a blank CD. Wrap it in a dish towel, something thick. Then place it on the edge of a sink or a table and snap it in half. Go ahead. Stop listening. Turn the machine off. Do it. I'll wait. Start up again when you unwrap the CD. Like it? You've got at least one crescent-shaped blade with two sharp points that can be thrust into a throat. If you've done it well, the broken edge will actually be very sharp and can slash, too. Think about it. Your average CD carrier is an arsenal, and those get passed through security with a blink of an eye. And why? Not because officials are ignorant of this threat. It's because it's impractical to stop it. You can't prohibit businessmen from bringing software discs on a plane. Microsoft would pitch a fit. Hollywood would complain if we couldn't bring DVDs on, and only the folks at Apple would be smiling if music CDs were banned. More importantly, however, addressing the reality of airline safety is political suicide. The current government is clinging to power by frightening its citizens into believing that we are somehow safer now than we were before 9-11. And that is patent nonsense. The simple fact is we're no more in danger now than we were then. And even then we were not in very much danger. The odds of getting killed by a terrorist are somewhat worse than the odds of hitting the lottery but it's ignorance of statistics that keeps people keyed up about numbers they don't understand. How can I say we weren't in much danger back before 9-11? Simple. The 9-11 Commission pointed out rather directly that the U.S. government agencies, meaning the FBI, CIA, and Department of State, had more than enough information to track and stop the 9-11 plotters. Two of them rented a house from an FBI informant, and the CIA knew their names and of their ties to Al-Qaeda. If bureaucrats had been doing their jobs instead of jealously guarding their own turf, the Twin Towers would still be standing. But the government can't let us think about that, nor about how vulnerable we are to attack. Airplanes aren't safe. Only 5% of the containers coming into the United States on ships from abroad are inspected. Odds are that that container you see speeding along on a train has not had anyone look inside it since it was packed in Syria or Dubai or Jakarta. There could be anything in there. And to top it all off, the government will hail Mr. Alpazar's death as a victory for security measures, and yet will say nothing about their failure to implement the reforms suggested by the 9-11 Commission. In fact, those failures will be buried faster than Mr. Alpazar, because there's one thing more important than the safety of Americans. That's the safety of administration jobs. It's something to think about. Something to Think About is brought to you by GrowlingCat.com. That's cat with a K. Visit their store at www.cafepress.com slash GrowlingCat. You'll find smart clothes for the revolution. GrowlingCat, because it's a political jungle out there.